So for my personal life, it was bedtime. The kids knew, okay, we can read. It became part of the routine. And they're also glad because that time they're they're winding down and they're, they know they're not going to bed yet. So they're getting a little extension. Right. And so that just became a very simple, practical tool for me. Hey, maybe I can't do X, Y, and Z with my kids, but yeah. 15 minutes before bed, that's a pretty easy thing to do. And then seeing how that impacted my son was a real treat and a joy. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. This week, we'd like to thank Lane, 16 Hands, family of eight. For their review, they say, Jonathan, I so appreciate the ministry of Candid Conversations. The resources you are providing on this podcast are a weekly encouragement, as well as a resource to refer to when looking for a refresh on a specific topic. Thank you, Lane. Leave us a review, and perhaps next week we'll mention you on the show. I have always had a love for Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. So when I found a children's version I could read to my kids, I bought it immediately. When my kids found out there was a sequel, they made sure that we had that one as well. We have devoured these books, reading them several times through. At the completion of the second book, my son was asking questions about faith in Jesus and salvation. And after some conversation, he said that he wanted to profess faith in Christ. That is a priceless gift I will eternally be grateful for. Today we get to speak with the author who has rewritten Bunyan's classic for young children, Tyler Van Halteren. Tyler holds an MDiv from the Master's Seminary and has spent most of his life seeking to inspire children and youth to follow Christ and to know God's Word. After seeing the impact 20-minute bedtime stories had on his son, Tyler decided to take the challenge of changing the world through biblically faithful and beautifully illustrated books. Canadian by birth, Tyler served as the associate pastor at Gory Bible Fellowship and then later as a professor at Phnom Penh Bible School in Cambodia till 2022. His growing young family now resides in southern Ontario. He founded Lithos Kids in 2020 and launched his first book, Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, on Kickstarter that year with 500% funding. Now, on to our conversation. Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Candid Conversations. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. It's a joy to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about your background, upbringing, and, and then we'll transition into how you got into writing and producing kids' literature. Yeah, by God's grace, I was came from a Christian home, but the one of the most significant moments and I guess most relevant moments this interview was when I was beginning to explore the faith more seriously, not just walking in my parents' shoes, but actually considering the weight of eternity, heaven, hell, my own faith, my own walk with God. And in that time, I found a an old 1975 version of Pilgrim's Progress, paperback, 95 wow. cents, that was wow. given to my dad when he wow. was about that age, about 15. And it just sat on the shelf. 
picked it up, read it. And that's the first memory I have of understanding the Christian life and yeah. wanting to follow Christ. That's the first book mm-hmm. I remember reading in that, mm-hmm. in that season. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. kind of led uh, by God's grace to a hunger for his word, uh, for sharing his word. And then through various camps, uh, I had a great experience in high school. Our, our Christian high school was connected to a, a children's camp. And so I was able to teach there and saw a, a measure of gifting, a desire to, mm-hmm. to teach and then went on to the master's seminary and then to youth pastor, Cambodia. And in the midst of all that, had some kids along the way and then yeah. started uh, brewing some of these book ideas. Yeah. You just sort of uh, casually lobbed Cambodia into that uh, <laughs> history. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for probably 10 years before that, my goal and desire and prayer was to go into missions. And so we... Mm-hmm set the course for that through seminary. And then even as I joined my church, there was a sense of telling them we're going to be here five years and then we want to be sent out to the mission field. The goal was to teach the Bible at a a Bible school there to college students. Had some other cool opportunities like uh, with some friends that had started children's programs. So I'd go to villages and there'd be 30 kids that would just show up, 30 or 40 Buddhist kids would just come and they'd listen to some English teaching, some Bible teaching, and just really neat. But in the midst of all that, COVID happened, and that shut a lot of missions down. But thankfully, I was able to finish the Little Pilgrims book during that time. And then also during that time, I started having some significant health issues, and Mm. that sort of ended up a variety of numbness and extreme fatigue that kind of landed us back in Canada. But trusting God's providence and all that and encouraged now to see there are some of our books being translated into already in Spanish, oh. but some being considered for the Cambodian language, Khmer, as others in French, Vietnamese. So uh, encouraged to see how God's continuing that missionary desire through these books. Okay. So you've shared with us that it was Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress that set you on a particular path. I'm assuming that's the connection to wanting to retell it through a child's perspective. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about the how those pieces came together. Yeah, it was a neat uh, few things that, that came together. So I'd always had an entrepreneurial bent, uh, always a yeah. desire for that, buying and selling, doing different things, little businesses on the side. And that gave a skill set that then when my son was about three or four, mm-hmm. I started looking for, I thought, oh, is there a good children's version of Pilgrim's Progress? And at the time when I looked around, the only version was a 1985 one, um, Dangerous Journey. And I bought that, opened it, and it's the first time I've opened a book and my son has sort of screamed and cried in terror at the yeah. the, the illustrations. Yeah. The illustrations yeah. were so uh, I have been there. sort I've of violent. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially for a three or four year old. Yes, and absolutely (laughs) terrifying. Here's the Christian faith, my child. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Welcome. So I saw that and then I thought, okay, we've got a, there's got to be a way to do a better version for, especially for younger kids. I will say, I have seen one of the, I think it's more for teenage readers, maybe, and it is very graphic. uh, you know, Apollyon the dragon is very mm-hmm. scary and menacing. And you're right. It's There's a lot. I mean, that's the way Bunyan wrote it, right? I mean, yeah, it, it yeah. is dramatic, very. 
But when you're thinking about little ones, you've got to tone some <laughs> of that down so they're not actually terrified, but yeah. but wrestling with the core issues. And I feel like your book does that so well. Yeah, that was a, a real delight and surprise. So I was just writing with my son, three or four years old in mind, and read it. we read it you know, 20, 30 times together in the process of, of writing it. And that was, that was all super fun as we got new illustrations. And as we piece things together, see his excitement and to see things, you know, gospel truths click for him in that journey. But I'm Mm -hmm. coming into this somewhat um, naive in a sense. I had no real understanding of the publishing industry uh, Mm. and, but just had this goal, write this as well as I can with really great illustrations for my four-year-old son. And then for whatever reason, uh, the Lord's taken that and it's really, seems to really have just hit that target with a lot of families to, who say similar things that uh, these, these truths are connecting in a special way. Well, let's talk about that. So as a parent, it is hard to find really good. I know it's out there, but there's not a lot of really great Christian children's books. It's either for an age up, as we just talked about, or it's kind of delves into more of a moralistic, um, you know, do this, behave this way, obedience, you know, which is, which are true things, but, but there's so many better, deeper truths that we need to expose our kids to. And that's, I think there's a longing of parents. I mean, I hear it from moms all the time. Hey, if you can think of a kid's book and write it, like go for it mm. because there's a, a, a real need for that, especially at those young, really vulnerable uh, ages, age, yeah. age category. Yeah. And we've seen a growing, a growing hunger in people and, and uh, through mm. our social media and connecting with different people that there's this, this real longing for those kind of resources. And, and that's been an, an exciting part too, seeing how, how much this has resonated with parents, this kind mm-hmm. of idea. And there's other publishers that are doing some really great, like probably in the last five years, really, there's been a almost a resurgence of yeah. good, solid books, gospel-centered books. Yeah, but before true. that, it was pretty uh, dismal. And that was about the time I started writing was yeah. when I was looking around and seeing, okay, how do we get really good gospel-centered uh, books mm-hmm. that, that hit the core of these issues for kids? And yeah. And a fun part of that's been the allegory idea, Bunyan's allegory, just seeing how much that's yeah. that's resonated with people. Yeah. So let's talk about just the impact. I mean, it's obviously a tradition within, you know, it's been around for forever, mm-hmm. right? Either either storytelling with your children before bed or at a particular time. And just the impact that that has of one, reading, just reading comprehension, storytelling, uh, kids' abilities to to have an imagination and picture mm-hmm. things. Have you done any kind of research into that, or I mean, even in your own life and seeing yeah. the way that it relates with your own children? Yeah, that's one of the cool things. I think for a lot of families, the question of family discipleship, family devotions, those kind of things yeah. come up, and it's it's challenging in our day and age. We're generally we're pretty busy people, probably more busy than we need to be, but. Uh, so it's hard to set aside a time and it, sometimes it's hard to get kids that aren't wiggling during that time or moving around or asking, okay, when is it over? When is it over? <laughs> so for, yeah, for my personal, in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for my personal life, it was bedtime. The kids knew, okay, we can read. It became part of the routine. And they're also glad because that time they're, they're winding down and they're, they know they're not going to bed yet. So they're getting a little extension. Right. And so that just became a very simple, practical tool for me. Hey, maybe I can't do 
X, Y, and Z with my kids, but 15 minutes before bed, that's a pretty easy thing to do. And then seeing how that impacted my son was, was a real treat and uh, a joy. You know, I'm thinking of our book, seeing Christian by the cross, his burden falling off and him, you know, saying to me, yeah, dad, that's what God does. He he removes our burden of sin. And um, I remember reading, it's David Helms, big picture Bible Mm -hmm. and, and him seeing Jesus on the cross and saying, like, saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to mm-hmm. be saved from my sin. I want to know Jesus. And it's so those kind of moments. scene, isn't it? Yeah. From, uh, just from Bunyan's. I mean, even, mm-hmm. even people who haven't read the book are at least somewhat familiar with the scene of his burden falling off his back as he stands at the cross. I mean, it's such a, a, a picturesque um, scene. So you kind of have talked about how he's he's recognizing some of these things. Mm-hmm. What are the other things that are coming through the eye of the child as parents and grandparents are probably listening to this and thinking about we're trying to help formulate in our children and what they're getting yes. from those 15 minutes before bed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the a big one I've seen and I've heard from a lot of families is the reality of, of death and eternity. I can't think of many kids' books that hit that on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not coming up with regularity, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. often dodged um, or, you know, snuck in. But reality is, yeah, people die. I've heard some very, very sweet stories from people and um, gotten emails that have brought me to tears where someone's reading this with their child at um, their child going through cancer and facing uh, mm-hmm. death. And that river of death bringing such a comfort both to the the child, the parents, siblings. And for us, when we were in Cambodia, my son would bring that up often the, because we'd left family behind and now we're, we're going on this, you know, journey in a sense, and that's all done in light of eternity. So this, these metaphors of the celestial Mm -hmm. city and living for the King's kingdom and things like that were all very helpful. And then one other story from Cambodia, which is, was seeing the surprise in Cambodian parents and especially dads that I would read to my kids for 15 minutes before bed. Uh, To me, it seemed like an obvious thing. Yeah. Yeah. To them, it was very foreign in a literal true sense, but they, they were surprised. You do that with your kids? And I said, oh, you, you don't? (laughs) (laughs) Culture shock there. Yeah. And they they said, no, no, we just, they go to bed when they go to bed and we're not too involved with that. And I said, oh, you should try it. And one of the pastor could speak English and he, I gave him some copies of the book and he, he read it. And I remember since we've left, he's messaged me saying, we still do that every night. We still read to uh, my daughter before bed. And uh, we've gone through these books this many times. And thank you for for this. I I just thought that was a neat, neat way the Lord used that. Yeah. So you started with um, Kickstarter fundraiser and you sort of blew through uh, your numbers on that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So again, this was all kind of a a leap of faith and um, partly the way God's wired me willing to take a a risk in that, in that sense. So Mm -hmm. let people know this book was coming out and just kind of asked friends and family to share as widely as they could on social media and kind of leading towards this, this Kickstarter. And so we launched and then I was just uh, absolutely shocked as the, I think it was, Within the first hour, we'd um, far surpassed our initial goal, and just watching the numbers sort of fly in was wow. was uh, a shock and delight yeah. 
And it looks like you got about 500% of your funding. So yes. yeah. if you were wondering if that was a need for people, uh, that certainly made its case. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, was, it was awesome to see, okay, I put all this work in, got it all ready. And then, oh, yes, this does, this does resonate with other people. Other people are hungry for this kind of thing. And then we've seen that, you know, tenfold since then. And I think, and we've kind of talked a little bit about this. You talked about how, you know, Bunyan's use of allegory, it kind of helps bring forth great truths through imagery and picture. Parents are always trying to communicate the gospel in a way for children at different ages and stages for them to understand. But I think parents can sometimes, you know, if they don't have theological degrees like you and I, mm. they can be overwhelmed, though having a theological degree doesn't necessarily help you <laughs> in this category. It's not like yeah. how to teach children is uh, one of the classes we get. <laughs> but how do you take complex truths and break them down for children. This is one of the primary ways of doing that. But I mean, just for you as a, a dad of young ones, like what are some of the other methodologies that you use for breaking that down for kids? Big, you know, concepts that come, whether it's through scripture or mm -hmm. um, spiritual conversation or whatever it is, what other methodology do you use in an effective way? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, at least homeschoolers talk about living books, like this idea of mm -hmm. living books being an engaging way to teach ideas. And that's for anything, science, mm -hmm. et cetera, to, to mm -hmm. children. And allegories sort of present that, this, this idea of a, a living book, which means it's, it's truth is coming through in a very natural sort of conversational way. And again, I feel like Bunyan is just the master of that. So uh, it's, what a privilege to follow in his footsteps. And to, Might have been a good to, thing he was in prison, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a very vivid imagination. And there's also just certain scenes he was just, and he had such a deep um, theology mm. and understanding of God's word. So I love in part two, which is less known, his original part two, there's yeah. a scene where they're walking by the cross with great heart. And it just goes into four or five pages on pretty technical uh like substitutionary atonement wow. but but he does it in a way that's so helpful and clear and so i loved when when i was going through part two to take a, a piece of that and to yeah. simplify it but they just go at the cross and that it's just a very clear explanation of what it means that you know the king's son died in yeah. our place he took our sin he gave us his his righteousness and so um and then that you know combined with different images of mm. um you know christians filthy clothes are removed his burden is removed and mm. so things like that i found mm. super helpful and then another big piece is kids especially i think this generation and our mm. visual becoming increasingly more visual learners sure. so that's our big our slogan i guess is biblically faithful beautifully crafted and the idea yeah. is to have these really vivid beautiful illustrations that draw kids in which are too graphic <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that are age appropriate and yeah. um and then also to have text that's sort of clear um deep mm -hmm. but simple and not overwhelming and to pair that up well and we visited a friend's house and they had a range of kids from two to seven and they had all the books out. They say, "We swear, we're not, we're not uh, just yeah, we're setting not, this not up for you <laughs> because you're here." Like, yeah, oh my, this is, it's normally like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you'd find that at our house too. We've got uh, both both book one and two wide open on some oh, page. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah. 
And I loved yeah. seeing them. Just the kids were flipping through the pictures like they couldn't yeah. read yet. But, they're but they can remember the, the story associated yeah. with the picture. Yeah. yeah. And they just loved flipping through it and looking and they'd stare at all the details. And so mm-hmm. I think that's another aspect that I found very helpful is just these vivid images in books. Apart from that sort of story time with your kids, have you, are there sort of rhythms or patterns or activities that, that you try and work into sort of family time that you've found successful at your home? Yeah, I, I wish I could have more to say. Um, the story, storybook has been kind of my my big main one. The other <laughs> would just... your big emphasis for sure. <laughs> and uh, But the other has been sort of the Deuteronomy type of while you are going, while you're walking by the way to instruct your kids in these things. So um, where he's just saying, you know, write it on your doorsteps, write it on like everywhere you're going just to have these, these moments. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. where kids are inquisitive, kids ask, it's a crazy amount of questions per day. I think when you actually, (laughs) when when they've done studies of that, it's absurd. But if you're um, feeding them, these biblical things, then they're going to have questions about biblical things that come up naturally, which was another little piece. I mean, my, maybe my dad cheat or something. We, we'd always have at nighttime, it'd be like, oh, you can watch a show, but it's going to be a Bible show. Was, yeah. And I know different families have different rhythms with that. Some don't like shows, some like any yeah. shows. But yeah. anyways, for us, it was an easy switch to just say, you want to watch Paw Patrol? Instead, let's, let's watch um, something else. And a lot yeah. of those end up being moralistic as we kind of said but but at least it's it's touching on biblical things so well you're able to elaborate from that helpfully redirect them towards a Mm cross-centric faith instead of a like yeah definitely and so those have led to neat where they're just thinking about things and um things are resonating so when my my grandma had died last year Mm. and my son said can we call her like after she died and I, I was what can we video call her because i want to see god because <laughs> she's with wow, god okay and, and so i was like oh that's such an interesting uh, he's gotten a deep thing. truth yeah yeah, yeah. some confusion she's a, yeah she's <laughs> in the presence of god like why wouldn't she have her cell phone like we used to call her now can't we call her now so then you Amazing. just have these neat opportunities when you're just just there there's the input intentional biblical input and that they're going to be inquisitive asking questions through the day as they Mm -hmm. experience why does this family do that why is my friend have a mom but no dad around or um, why does Mm -hmm. this cousin not uh, believe in jesus and things Mm -hmm. like that yeah you know having kids keeps you on your toes Mm -hmm. and if you're a believing family then there's a lot of questions that i think even you know, the greatest of us could just sort of stumble over. And so you, you, you really need to be filling your own mind with helpful resources. You need to be in the word and, you know, seeking to grow in understanding and knowledge and, um, and faith and bearing that fruit of the spirit. Um, as we kind of laughed about, I mean, kids ask a ridiculous amount of questions. And there's times where I think sometimes I'm like, I'm done, mm-hmm. I'm done answering your questions. I don't want to do this anymore. And that's, you know, typical selfish mentality of this is about me and not you. But, you know, you you kind of flip the script a little bit and start thinking, okay, this could be a really great opportunity for them. And in all their questions is usually, you know, something underlying all of that fear, doubt, you know, whatever it is, or sometimes it is just curiosity. So, you know, it's important, I think, for parents to be 
as available as humanly possible mm-hmm. um, and really thinking through those things. And I think sometimes people are afraid, oh, what if I don't know the answer? You know, then I'm, I'm going to fail my child or, or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, kids don't think in that category necessarily. Yeah, I yeah. think it's actually quite biblical to say, you know what? You're asking really good questions. Mm-hmm. Why don't we look at this together? Why don't we kind of use this as an opportunity to show that mom and dad don't know everything? And they're seeking to grow just just yeah. like you are. So tell us a little bit about um, the Kingdom of God storybooks. This is another uh, project that you've done. I don't know if it was before or after uh, Little Pilgrim yeah. Big Journey, but tell us a little bit about that. That was after the Pilgrim book. So that was okay. six or seven months ago those landed. And that was a, a, a big project and uh an exciting uh, old and new testament that's yeah uh, yeah (laughs) that was uh the most challenging book i've written obviously because you want to do honor to to god's Mm. word and to Mm. be faithful and initially it was going to be a a bird's eye overview so i thought 70 pages and we'll touch on seven different kind of key moments that highlight the kingdom through through the bible and then as i got into it i said ah it's still missing like there's something it's too there's disjointed <laughs> between these. And so that grew to 140 and then 280. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden uh, it's this is summer reading. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and suddenly it's a 600 page, you know, fully illustrated 45 chapter thing. And um, the, the two big goals were one was to incorporate biblical theology, which was to yeah. have these, yes. you know, themes that are tying yeah. through, woven yeah. through from Genesis to Revelation. And so the kingdom is one of those big themes and there's, yeah. there's many others. Yeah. And so that was an exciting challenge. And then seeing prophecies of the king to come in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. there's, there's so many of those. So yeah. to, to highlight those in a very vivid and helpful way was, was an exciting piece of that. And then just to give a clear understanding of God's kingdom, as as Jesus mm-hmm. said, you know, the kingdom mm-hmm. of God is now in your midst. Or he says, I have yeah. come for this purpose to proclaim the kingdom of God. So if that's his understanding, he's saying for me to come and fulfill what God has promised is yeah. to display myself as the king of God's kingdom, which mm-hmm. he saw as clearly foreshadowed and set up in the Old Testament. So so doing that in a, a kind of full way that that knits um the goal was to sort of be seamless between each chapter and between each kind of scene or book and the summary of it was um god's presence with god's people in god's place through god's promise Mm -hmm. and each chapter kind of has a summary in that way to to connect those themes ah that's great books on the horizon i think you have a third pilgrim's progress book coming out Little yeah, Pilgrim's those... Journey, I should call it. I keep calling it Pilgrim's Progress. Oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> We've got part three, which I'm excited about. It's uh, about the the two brothers, Christian's brothers. They saw their sister cross the River yeah. of Death, and yeah. the king said it was not time for them to come yet. And I thought that was kind of a, a neat way to extend the allegory, because some kids have viewed it, okay, we're going across this journey, and then we get to death, and then it's done. That's it, and yeah. there's a, there's this bigger picture of mission and evangelism and service. So kind of a follow-up to that, that this idea is that the king, instead of calling them to cross the river of death, calls them to go back to their hometown, back through the cities to proclaim the gospel and to proclaim that the kingdom is coming. Mm. And so these brothers go and they experience the ideas of the great commission missions, evangelism. They've they've taken the mantle from, uh, 
uh, evangelist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of exciting yeah. as even evangelists in Great Heart Pass, they say over the river of death, they say, you know, you take my sword, you go on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a neat uh, challenge and call for kids that have professed faith in Christ now to go back to serve to spread the gospel to their friends. And mm. so I'm excited about that book. And then there's also our tribute to Bunyan was a, a legacy edition of the Pilgrim's Progress. So wow, just a, wow. a full unabridged version, more geared towards adults or older kids, teens, yeah, yeah. and has kind of 150 of the vintage illustrations. And it's just oh, a real wonderful. treat to, to read. Well, my son will be excited for the Third, because he did ask why are Christiana's brothers stuck on the other side of the yeah. river. And nice. um, and so I can give him good news that uh, the third one's coming. This is great. What a helpful conversation. Mm-hmm. We're going to put uh, links for your website and all your books in our show notes. So those of you who are listening, I do recommend these. These are just fantastic. The illustrations are beautiful. They're age appropriate. Um, the story brings through great truths and you'll have mm-hmm. great questions that you ask. Yeah, so my, yeah. my son loves asking questions and he loves answering questions oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, and so yeah. the fact that each chapter has questions that are asked and they're not just uh, just recalling information, but there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's some application in there as well, which really kind of speaks, you know, because kids want to have understanding and then kind of relay that back to you. Yeah. I think that's been a great tool that you've, that you guys have put together on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been an exciting. Initially, I, again, God has been gracious in this whole process because the first book I was getting ready to print it. And then I just kind of asked on social media, would anyone find questions helpful? And there was just a ton of response. Yes, yes, please, please. So <laughs> put them in and then 500% but, again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of parents have told us, yeah, these questions at the end of every chapter are such a help in our discipleship. So good. So helpful. Tyler Van Halteren, I'm so grateful to have met you now that I've uh, read through your books, and um, I hope that they continue to be a blessing for generations, just as as John Bunyan has been for many centuries. And um, again, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us on Candid Conversations. Yeah, thank you, brother. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you make sure you never miss an episode. It's delivered to you as soon as we release it. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our show notes for more information on resources from today's guest. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode.